Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining listeners in Nebraska to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Potash in Omaha, and I'm joined with my co-host, Liz Velstrin in Jerusalem. Liz, how are you? Hi, Alan. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting excited. It's the end of the Hanukkah Celebratory Festival of Lights. And I thought it'd be interesting today if we talked a little bit about how you and I see the differences of how one celebrates Hanukkah in the States versus how it's celebrated in Israel. So you've had the benefit of um, experiencing it on both sides when you lived in America and now living in Israel. Mm -hmm. Are there key things that you have discovered that are significantly different or just a little bit different? Sure, right? Like every other topic, Israelis find a way to do their Jewish a little bit differently. Uh, One of the differences that I have always felt exists with Hanukkah is that in the the U.S., I guess I always felt like each of the eight nights had a similar level of importance. But here in Israel... I do think that there's a special significance to the first night. I don't know why exactly, but people do seem to feel um, sort of more particular or obligated to to know where they're going to be for the first night. That first candle is is a big deal. And I, I never noticed that in the States. So that's one small difference. So is there is there a progression of each night? There's more excitement as it builds up to the last night? With all the lights and the, you know, the glowing windows, whether the people putting their Hanukkah in the windows or outside so people can see them. Um, well, the, the Hanukkah that we see outside certainly are getting brighter as those candles are added. And I did notice tonight I was coming home. home. Uh, pretty late after the very large public menorahs, just like you guys have. I am, I think Chabad always puts up a a pretty big one. So those exist in Israel as well. Um, Every, it depends what neighborhood, a few blocks or so, you can see one of the big ones. And tonight to be, you know, driving down the street and seeing them all with all eight candles lit was, uh, was very festive and impressive looking. Another thing I noticed with these these big Hanukkiot is that here in Jerusalem, at least, they're with electric bulbs. But when I was out of the city uh, earlier this week in Tiberias, they were with flames. I guess it's some sort of like a sterno, you know, I am... very hardy thing that stays lit even though it's windy isn't but that olive, was different isn't it olive oil in the little holders isn't i don't that- know what they're for. they're not little right i mean this is those big hanukkiot each one is like i don't know a couple inches across they're big um but i thought that was interesting and the kids were actually very concerned when i pointed it out we drove past and i said oh look those are real flames that's different and they said real flames in the middle of the street what if something catches fire but uh, they look to be safely, you know, away from anything flammable to me. But that was that was something new and exciting to see. Are there competitions for who has the most creative uh, Hanukkah or 
who does more celebratory things. Like in, if you remember being in America, people would really go out of their way, put up Christmas lights all over their house or mm-hmm. all over the neighborhood. Are there Hanukkah, menorah tours? Are people going about the city looking at all the different uh, ways people light their candles? I am not so much tours. There, there, there are neighborhoods that you can walk through, right? That are nice to walk through because they have a large concentration of people who make a point of lighting Hanukkiot and make a point of lighting them in outward facing windows where you can really see them. There also here exists something that I don't recall ever seeing in the States, um, which is like a little glass box so that you can light your Hanukkiah in it outdoors, right? Like if you're home and you have to remember that here, it's a lot of apartments and not freestanding houses. So a person doesn't necessarily have a window that faces the street. If you, you know, face the side or the back courtyard or something, you don't have a way to do right? spreading the, the miracle, which is one of the mitzvot of Hanukkah. And in that case, a person might want to light a Hanukkah, not in their window, but someplace even more visible. So you can get one of these glass boxes and then put it out on the curb, like in front of your building, even though it's not your home and it's enclosed in glass. So it stays lit, even though it's windy. So there are some neighborhoods where you'll see a lot of those. Um, we did have here, I don't know if it went on this year, but a couple of years back, there was a big deal of putting up what at the time was thought to be the world's largest Hanukkah. And it was up on the roof of the um, Hadar Mall on Pilkenig Street, I think. And you know where that is. You couldn't really see it from the ground because it was like up on the roof and it wasn't at an angle that you could see it. I am. Um, I think it was something like, I don't know, like five or six meters, maybe it was big. So 30, 40 feet. Yeah. But, um, but I don't know if they, I don't know if they did it again this year. I was once in um, the Ukraine for Hanukkah and I was invited by the local Chabad to light one of their, Hanukkiot uh, that they had at City Hall, I think it was in Shatomir, and uh, it was they had to use a a not a forklift but a crane to bring us up to the wow out of the candle, um, and uh, I chose not to light that candle because for other reasons. But the Any other person taller than me, it's like <laughs> no, not doing but, it. But it was quite you know here you are at City Hall in a town in the Ukraine. And, uh, you know, everybody's happy to be able to light this candle. But it, when you talk about the largest one in Jerusalem, you know, I'm sure that they had to use some sort of elevated lift to get to the top to light it. I bet they did. Now, I heard that you guys had an interesting Hanukkah this year. Was there a Hanukkah involving bagels? Did I hear that correctly? Uh, not that I was a part of. Maybe. Oh, I thought they, I think, I think there was something, maybe Chabad put up like a Hanukkah made out of bagels or something. Chabad did put out a, a Hanukkah in front of the entrance to the JCC. That's a new. Um, but it's not made out of bagels? It's clearly not made out of bagels. <laughs> so there must be another one. I, I don't think I made this up. I do think that I read it. I, I, I will have to um, ask around, but I'm. 
I was not invited to a Hanukkah lighting of bagels. Doesn't mean it didn't <laughs> they, happen. Doesn't mean it didn't they, happen. Maybe it, they wind up being toasted bagels. It could be really a, a good, yeah. good you know, compilation. You just, you just came up with a, a new science activity for next year <laughs> to see what, what uh, lasts longer, a donut on fire or a bagel on fire. On top of the the Hanukkah, I don't know the bagels and the donuts are very oily. This could be a dangerous flame. Yeah, <laughs> we always come up with unique things to celebrate um, holidays. Do you get a, a feeling in Jerusalem, or you said you're also in Tiberias, that Hanukkah has a different celebratory nature than other holidays in Israel? I think it definitely does. You know. Many of the Jewish holidays are holidays that have a lot of religious strictures, right? If we think about the the high holidays, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, also Sukkot, also Passover, they're holidays where most of the days, um, certainly people who are observant, but even people who are not observant, are staying closer to home, going to synagogue, having meals with family, and that kind of a vibe. Um, whereas Hanukkah doesn't have that kind of a um the same kind of requirements. Obviously, there are particular you know services and and filot for Hanukkah, but um there aren't any days that have special you know like Shabbat type rules where you can't get in your car and go and do exciting things. And the kids are all off school here for the whole week, so it's a holiday that feels like a lot of traveling, getting out and about. Um, and, and that is a different, a different vibe than the other holidays. It's also kind of a nice, like common denominator type holiday. Like everybody does Hanukkah and there's no, I don't know, there's no competition about who does it right or who's, you know, observing it strictly enough or not. It's, um, so, so that's really interesting because there aren't, there really isn't uh, halachot around Hanukkah. It's just other than lighting the menorah a certain way, whether you're do it from the left or to the right. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can argue. Yeah. No, and even, I mean, there are obviously like, look, we're Jewish, right? There are definitely halachot and, and laws about every tiny aspect of the holiday, but they're not ones that like, you know, I guess, make people, or at least in my mind, that make people feel like what they're doing is less than or not enough. You know, there are rules about exactly how long the candles have to burn, or, you know, if they go out after a certain amount of time, do they need to be relit? What kind of oil you can and can't use? There are rules, but for the most part, a Hanukkah is a Hanukkah. Candles are candles. You know, you light them for eight nights. It's not real particular on timing, right? You can do it Anytime after dark, which is nice and flexible, it lets people do it before the party, after the party, when kids are still awake, when kids are in bed, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so that, so it, it, it lets everybody kind of celebrate together. Even, I'll tell you something that I thought was super beautiful and sweet, and nobody else even banded an eyelash because it's so far for the course here. But tonight right? Eighth last night of Hanukkah. And Ishai, my oldest, happened to have a ping pong tournament. 
And at the ping pong tournament, they started with a candle lighting. Now, this is not a religious venue. This is a, you know, community-wide open event. And it was just sort of obvious that everybody would be cool with lighting the Hanukkah. Everybody was able to sing the blessings together and sing Al-Hanisim and sing the first verse of Ma'os Tzul. Um, And it was a pretty diverse crowd. I mean, I think probably safe to say all Jewish, so not as diverse as possible in Israel. But within the Jewish community, I mean, you had people who I assume would not identify as religious, right? Men without kippot and whatever. I am too quite orthodox looking, you know, with a certain type of head covering and with side curls. I mean, really a pretty wide range. Um, And it was just very casual and obvious that everybody could do this together. And it and it worked, and I enjoyed getting to see it. Um, I think that's yeah. a, so that I, think that's a I think it's a really nice component to a community event that knowing that you're away from your home in the evening, that somebody thought about, well, let's light the Hanukkah, the last night of Hanukkah. Maybe people won't have a chance to do it when they get home, or they didn't couldn't do it before they came over. So that's a nice accommodation. What about uh, songs in America? I think many of the songs in last night we were at somebody's home and we sang the same songs we've been singing for, you know, 20, 30 years. What about I have the, a little dreidel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Sivivon. The, uh, the music or the, the song sheets in Israel for Hanukkah, are they the same, different? Um, what are you? I, I, w- I would say a little bit different. So, first of all, there seems to be an awful lot more of them. Um, and I still haven't learned the words to half of them. I can't figure out what these little kids are saying. Um, but what I have noticed is that there's quite a bit more emphasis on the sort of military aspects of the holiday, which sort of makes sense if you think about it in Israel, right? But the the fact that this is a holiday that one of the miracles was the Jewish Maccabees soldiers fighting um, and prevailing over other forces, um, th- that is a, a storyline and a narrative that Israelis who have their own Jewish army, which unfortunately has been called upon to be used a few times, and that all of our um, you know, sons and daughters still are obligated to, to join because it's needed. You know, that's a bigger piece of the um, of the of the narrative and of the the fabric of society here. And so the songs also have that emphasis, even from the littlest kids, the Hanukkah songs they're singing are about soldiers and fighting and overcoming and having their, you know, swords and shields. And um, and I don't recall American Hanukkah songs you know, having that aspect to it. I think we have missed the connection to the actual, one of the actual stories of the story of Hanukkah. We focus more on the oil than we do Mm -hmm. actual, the cause of the destruction. So, 
it is a strong does have a strong military component of it from a historical perspective, but I don't think that migrated its way into America. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and here I guess it is part of it. Yeah. Right, it's, it's part of the survival and in a sense the rededication of Jewish identity and the strength of Israel as a country. So it has some significant value to it. Well, Liz, I think this was a great topic for us today. Uh, we did. Uh, yeah, it's always a, always fun to talk about, especially when it's something like Hanukkah that I think all of us feel like we know really well, right? We've all done Hanukkah our whole lives, but then to get to see it through some other slightly different cultural lens um, can be really interesting and make us sort of rethink how we do it and are there other ways to do it. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, as we've talked about in the past, my experience of spending Hanukkah in Israel focused more on the differences of foods. I think maybe <laughs> the future we could talk about about the difference of of uh, Hanukkiot and how they're lit and putting them out in the front how, front of the house or other things. Um, but I, I wanted Speaking to. Speaking of food, of- can I tell you? I know we said we were not going to talk about sufganiyot anymore, like several episodes ago, yes. and yet they keep coming up. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we found I have a weakness here. I am, um, but I, I had my best sufganiya of the holiday today, and on the, I just on thought the, I on the last day. On the last day, yes. Even till the last day, I still found the strength to eat a sufganya. Also had one yesterday, I, um, which was also yummy, but not as good as the one I had today. So um, what made the the, so? Had, go ahead, tell us about today's sufganya. The one I had today, which was the winner of the holiday, was a tiramisu sufganya, complete with like whole coffee beans on top and a half a lady finger. It was super yummy. And the inside cream was like the cream of like a Boston cream donut. Um, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Well, thank you for sharing that as we conclude <laughs> the Hanukkah celebration and our podcast for today. I'm impressed that uh, you were able to consume one more Sufganiya. <laughs> Um, I only had one on the first day and and that was enough for me because they're kind of basic here. So I'm looking forward Mm -hmm. to a Hanukkah in Israel again when I can uh, have a great Sufganya. Any final words or comments you want to share before we disconnect? Just uh, that everybody should enjoy the tail end of the holiday and that there should continue to be lots of light in everybody's lives. And um, and happy holidays. Thank you, Liz. And you've been listening to Israel Rebound, a podcast connecting Jews and others in Nebraska to life in Israel. Thank you, Liz, for being with us today. See ya.